Well, I'm Graham. Um, so I'm the convener of Transition Newcastle. Um, it was started by Will Vorobioff in about, I think it was 2008 or so. Yeah, and he'd, he's done the training at Totnes and he was really inspired by it and got it started. I've been involved since about 2009. I work, my work is um, around community engagement, so I guess I'm particularly interested in those aspects of it. So I'm Cathy, and I got involved in about two, 2011 in Transition Newcastle, and basically because the, the meetings of the group moved to our house, so I couldn't <laughs> not get involved really. <laughs> but have since become quite passionate about it myself. But I became a home sustainability assessor in about 2009-10. So I was really interested in the uh, aspects of making homes in particular more energy efficient and, and yeah, looked into all that. So, yeah, th this, this whole project came about through a planning weekend that our group had uh, in 2011 and and it was really basically a lot of inspirations coming together I think one was Will's like Graham mentioned uh, Will's really strong uh, feeling about the the benefits of of the Totnes model um, and had been, he'd been really inspired by the transition streets you guys had ha done yeah he'd, he was really inspired by that we also, there, there's a magazine that's in, in Australia called Renew. I'm not sure if you, you've ever heard of that magazine. It's um, run by the Alternative Technologies Association here. And they had a great article on a street in Western Australia, in Perth, that mm -hmm. had really come together and were doing really amazing creative things as a as a group. They'd done some course, a two-month course or something on a lot of sustainability issues and then come together and done stuff as a street and would have, you know, film showings in the middle of their street where they'd block off the street and bring out their... their um, couches onto the road and, and bring in a van and show films and they'd have open days and invite people in and did a lot of, you know, gardening in the street and, yeah, just really, really inspiring things. That, that was one of, for me, that was one of my real inspirations, I think. And there's another, there's a group in uh, Newcastle who got together and have a sort of a cafe in their backyard every Sunday and and for me that was quite inspiring they have heaps of people there now and just the idea what can happen when we bring people together I was really interested in seeing that um, and then other people were just inspired by the notion of it being a bit of fun and being able to put together a few of the things we were interested in into the one project some of which didn't really come off but um, yeah, so there was a number of things which came together. And Will had contacted Transition Streets in Totnes and got a copy of the manual or the workbook, which I must admit, in the end, it sort of helped shape the workbook. So you we, can see there are similarities, but it's also being changed. We, we definitely started with that as a base and thought in the, in the first part that we would just be able to adapt the specific information, but the more we worked with it, the more we thought, mm, no, we're, we ended up basically starting again. I guess what we did was was use 
the workbook from the UK as a, as a yeah, it certainly fed into some of the types of things we did in our workbook, but our, our workbook, I, I think, ended up having quite a different look and a different structure. Did you take the Totnes one with an eye that you were, when you reworked it, that you, re, you were reworking it just for Newcastle, or did you have a sense that you were reworking it for other Australian groups? Ah, that, that's really interesting. <laughs> good question. <laughs> really good question, because, yes, we had, we had quite a talk about it. Did we want to make it really specifically Newcastle? Um, New, Newcastle is, um, what are we, the sixth, I think we're the sixth largest city in Australia with about, what, 600,000 no, people not quite, not in quite Greater quite Newcastle, something like that. Um, so, yeah, so did we keep it just for Newcastle? Did we make it for the state of New South Wales or did we want to make it more Australia-wide? What we ended up doing is making it very specifically Newcastle so that that was good from the point of view that we, we linked up and had quite a lot of support from Newcastle Council, the local council area here. Um, and so we had very specific information, you know, on, on what services were available with, with the consumption and waste chapter, for example. Yeah, what, what specific services were available to local residents. The issue we've got now is that we're wanting to make the workbook available to groups throughout Australia. And what we're thinking about doing is trying to keep all that local information but move it to one or two pages at the end or the beginning or whatever of each chapter so that then when we offer it to another group, they can just modify that one or two pages that that makes it relevant for their local area. And and are you the only place in Australia that's doing this, or is it popped up popped up in other places too? As far as we know, yeah. uh, there's another group who are working towards doing it themselves too. So they've got a copy of our workbook. But, yeah, but and they're using our workbook as a, and as a base. Stuff. So I imagine I imagine they would find your work a bit more useful than than the Totnes one in terms of the work you've already done to make it more. You know, fit it into that context. So you got the Totnes one, and you were, and then you you thought this would be good fun. So you went off and you created your own version. Once you'd created it, how did you then find the groups, and how did you then kick the whole process off? Um, well, we we basically did it through our networks. And originally, we toyed with the idea of trying to make it into nearly like a competition to join in the streets. So, so there'd be like a search for it. But we ditched that idea. Um, we really wanted to avoid the notion of a um, competition in any way sense. We thought it'd be great if we could get, you know, some media on board and really have a thing. You know, are you one of the, going to be one of the pilots? Because we saw the first round as the pilot. So we advertised just through our networks, basically, to find up to six streets who were willing to give it a go. And we got five five streets in the end, which was a good number because we did wanted to test it out and see what worked and what didn't. Um, we, we did advertise through. Well, we we managed to get some uh, newspaper articles in local newspapers and had a couple of spots on the local ABC radio, which is yeah the, the um, BBC. 
Yeah, <laughs> equivalent, I guess. Yeah, so we were trying to reach out to broader media than than simply our own networks, but, yeah. And, and so then, basically, in each street, somebody put their hand up to be sort of a street coordinator and who roped in other people. Um, and we launched it. We had a bit of a launch in a school hall with music and... Um, couple of speakers and the cake and, <laughs> you know, a few things like that, just to give it a sense that this is something, something was happening. Um, and I think that was really very useful to do, created a good vibe for it. So you provided in each of the, each of those groups with a workbook and did you, did you give them support? Did you go along to their meetings and help them get started? Yes, we did. The, the idea was that each street would have, we struggled with the name, we ended up calling it a facilitator basically a contact within Transition Newcastle. It varied from group to group. Some of them were really happy to have quite a bit of support in the early days, whereas some groups went pretty independent fairly quickly. Um, but there was somebody available. And we didn't give them a workbook each because originally it was planned to be a, about a seven-month program. Um, but the workbook wasn't actually completed and it took much longer than we thought. So it did. So we did it chapter by chapter. So we would hand out the first chapter and promise them the next chapter the next month. And it worked for the first couple of months. And then we, with the amount of work that went into producing the chapters, and there was probably in the end, there was about probably about 10 people, 10 or 12 people who contributed to the workbook overall but just getting it laid out and and finalized and in a you know similar format it just it blew out basically and and the streets were happy they were saying they wanted longer yeah. to spend on some of the topics and things yeah so they were quite happy at the slower pace too one of the other really important support mechanisms i think that we put in place was we had so the, the the people responsible on the streets um, running it were the street coordinators and then we had Transition Newcastle facilitators, one for each street. And what we did was organise some coordinator and facilitator meetings where all of us came together. Those, I think, were really, really important for the street coordinators to feel that, you know, if, if things weren't going as as well as they would, would have hoped, then they, they had support not only from Transition Newcastle as a group, but also from each other on the other streets and realised that really they were, they were all, they were, they were doing well. They were, they were really important. We had those, we had about what, four or five of those, I think, through the program. And yeah, that, that was one thing that quite a few of the coordinators commented on, that those meetings for them were really important. And how did it go on the group for the for the groups on the ground? What's been the what's been the feedback? What's been the experience of it? I think essentially really positive. Um, people are really positive about it. We're about to do some focus groups and interviews with the street coordinators, the street participants, and the people involved from our end as well to really document it as much as we can. But I don't know. On a web on their blog, there's statements from each of the coordinators, which Cathy helped collect, and they are all very positive about it. From my point of view, what I find really interesting, it seems to me 
that it's been really strong in building connections in the street. We've struggled to really quantify how much of a difference it made to their energy use and those um, and water usage and all those sorts of things. One of the things we really want to do next time is work out how to collect that sort of data more successfully. I don't know if you guys have a good system for doing that at all. That would be a conversation to have with Fiona or Mary who, who, run, this, who run the program here. But yeah, I think they did. I, I, I don't know how they did it, but they did produce some very clear data at the end of it. Right, yeah. Mm. And that's what we need to do. I think we're going to have lots of evidence about how it built community. Um, but at the same time, do you want to talk about some of the anecdotal environmental impacts? Yeah, certainly had impacts, I think, for a lot of people. In it was interesting. There was a lot of people doing renovations to their homes for some reason. Uh, maybe that's a particularly Australian thing at the moment. I don't know. But anyway, uh, and so a lot of them were really mindful of incorporating more sustainable practices in terms of... Um, yeah, make, making their homes more um, energy efficient, water efficient, that sort of thing, in the process of doing these renovations and and changes to their homes. Um, there, there were things like uh, one of the one of the participants had a pool, and one of my, my big things is um, not sure if you if you have them over there. It's a pool ionizer. Uh, solar ionizer that replaces a lot of the pump um, work and, and you can reduce your pump usage by you know 75 80 percent sort of thing which for people who have a pool um, which a lot a lot of people do in Australia of course um, that that can be a huge component of electricity bills so anyway this this guy um, got an ionizer and made a huge difference to his um, to his energy bills, but also then looked at you know uh, putting energy meters on on fridges and finding out that the fridge the beer fridge in the uh, in the shed was using three times what their main fridge in the kitchen was using, and you know so basically just got rid of it, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, and yeah, he, and, and he ended up being able to reduce his energy bill from something like, I think it was $1,000 a month down to um, almost halving it. Uh, sorry, a, a quarter. So, yeah. And, he, he, and I think it said he had his bill had been up higher and he'd done some work to reduce it and we thought, oh, well, he'd done a bit. And then he took part in the challenge and reduced it a lot further. Once you've you finished these pilots, is the plan then to roll it out more further afield and to try and get in more groups? Yeah, so we're going to be getting the feedback. We're doing a bit more work on the workbook. And then, yes, we do hope to get more. I, I think one of the things with the program too, which is, I don't know, I think it's different to the top that's one, is that we've incorporated, it's called the challenge because we incorporate challenges through it. Early on, some of the participants were worried that it was a competition, and it isn't. The challenges, I mean, we did think it would be fun to sort of have friendly competition between the streets, but we realised it really wasn't in keeping with our philosophy as a group and the spirit. And also, yeah, it would, it would add 
unuseful dimension to it. So the challenges are more challenges to do as a street or as a household against yourselves. So, you know, there's a challenge, you know, having a local food meal or, um, you know, one of the ones a few of the households did for the water. Well, one of them was using um, only water from a bucket for a day. So these challenges are designed to raise awareness while having a bit of fun. And so some of the streets really got into it quite a bit and other of the streets probably didn't. So we've tried to make the program fairly flexible in a way. The, and, and one of the other things we incorporated was we, we have a, a regular monthly film night and we would make our film night for Transition Newcastle um, on the theme that the streets were working on. So, again, it was just trying to incorporate things um, as they were working through their work. The work. Um, we also ran some workshops in conjunction with uh, Newcastle City Council, which were moderately successful, probably not as much as we we would have liked. Yeah, so we, we tried to have these these external things that if people wanted to get more into what they were learning about, that they would be able, there would be other activities that were happening that they wouldn't have to organise in their street. They, they were being organised, um, yeah, externally to what they, that's what they were doing. And we were thinking that people might be interested in taking up workshops for their streets and things, but I think we there was probably enough on in the streets so they didn't want to take on extra things. Um, you know, like we have close connections with the local permaculture group and we talk uh, with the idea of having a perma blitz, uh, they call them, where they sort of do a makeover of a yard or something. And it didn't get off of the ground, but there is still interest in doing that. And it's the sort of thing we're about to contact all the coordinators, street coordinators, to see if any of them do want to to continue the momentum. And do you get a sense from having from having been involved in this and seeing it work that there is, when people come together to do things in this way, that, that there is something that they discover that wasn't there before? What's, this, what's, the, what's the power that comes from coming together to do stuff, do you think? For me, it's discovering each other's passions and interests is really important. Um, and getting to know people. In one of the streets, they say one of the outcomes has been the street safer because they're in, in, in a Newcastle. Yeah, so people know each other. Um, you know, there was an incident in the street and people came out much more quickly because they knew them. There's a street, there's a household of students in the street who, um, you know, were seen as a bit of... Regarded quite suspiciously in a lot of ways yeah. I think and not not really seen as part of the community and that's certainly changed yeah they've got involved in the in the yeah. challenge and yeah well and really the street, the and the, yeah and the, and the rest of the street is much more accepting of them now so, so our council runs place making grants make your place grants which are small up to two thousand dollar grants to do things in the locality and three pro three things have been funded from through the streets through this program from the streets. So you know people have got together. So 
And I think in the answer to your question for me, what they, they discovered that they can do things together. Yeah, when they get together, things happen. Mm. And I, what I really get excited about with this project is we don't know what is going to happen. And so one of the groups, they um, got some money and created scarecrows, which they put in the, in the local shopping street to promote local food sources, where, places where you could buy lo- yeah. um, food and that sort of stuff. Now, we would have never thought of being that as an outcome of the transition streets. You know, that's what happened. You have to let go of control. And how has it, how has it kind of deepened and enriched the wider work of Transition Newcastle, do you think? I think it's given us quite a bit of a focus. I'm about to have an article published in the New Community Quarterly. I'll send you a copy of the, as soon as it's done, discussing some of that, the challenges. I think we're in one of those settings where, you know, with 400,000, 500,000 people in the area, where do we focus? Where do we put our effort as a, street, as a transition program? And, and I think that this has really given us a focus and a way to connect in to something meaningful and getting more people involved. And us not having to do it all, that's been one of the really good things. Yeah, yeah, that we've we've been able to produce a resource that hopefully now will have a little bit of a life of its own and we can offer it to people and they can do with it what they would like. And also I think some of the streets are going to continue to do things um, mm. without, and we're not going to know what they're doing necessarily things will still be happening and what's next the last question i guess what's where what's what's next for transition newcastle first we're going to revise the workbook and then we've got quite a lot of energy to re redo the transition streets challenge in newcastle but also to encourage other groups to do something similar to to share the resource um, well, you're doing and the research, and and the, we're the doing the research, research and evaluation of it. So. We've we've applied for funding with the view to rolling it out with up to about 20 streets next year, again locally. Um, well, over the next couple of years. A couple of years, sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, but trying to get funding for having a, a part-time coordinator to sort of help drive it all. It's been a difficult process rolling this out. We're a fairly small group. Uh, two of the couples that are actively involved have just had children. Well, they're, they're one now. So, you know, they, they were really limited in how much they could contribute. And another couple of people who are involved were doing major renovations again. <laughs> Yeah, and caring for elderly relatives, that sort of thing. So it ended up, it, it was a huge, huge undertaking that, yeah, that, that ended up really not having a lot of people power put into it. So, yeah, to to run it, even though the, the workbook is done, I think the next time we would really like to think that we've got a little bit of support running it um, by someone who, you know, is actually being paid to do it days a week. Mm-hmm. I did some calculations and worked out if we'd done it through my work and paid people for what it would cost, it would have been cost us about $150,000 to do. That was $2,600. Yeah, and so, you know, we basically had money for printing and we had a little bit of money to do a few other things. 
Um, you know, we gave, we gave each of the we yeah. gave each of the streets a copy of book, your second latest book, and, and also, also in transition 2.0. So you know, we hadn't we had some money to buy those. So, but yeah, we had sixteen hundred dollars. So, no, uh, two thousand six hundred, and, and once again, the power of community to do that—the power of people's passion. And one of the questions I get asked sometimes when I do talk to members, someone said, "How do you get the confidence to do that?" You know, if there are people who are sitting there listening, thinking, "Yeah, it'd be lovely if there was transition streets in my town," but I, how's that going to happen? Where did you? What, what was the thing that made you decide? You know, why do you do this? What is it that makes you decide you want to put your energy into this? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I still struggle, in fact, with with the fact that none of us within the actual active group of Transition Newcastle have run it in our own streets. And so in some ways it was much easier and, and what, less daunting for us to produce a program that then we offered to other people. And I still struggle with that a little bit because... At the end of the day, would I be? Yeah, would I have the courage to run it in? Yeah, our I strength? want to. <laughs> I want to. In some ways, I really want to, but in another, in other ways, uh, yeah, it, it's confronting. And if if you, I mean, I, look, I think it was fairly daunting for us to take it on too, it, because it was a big project. Uh, for me, the motivation is just I get amazed what people can do when they come together, and that was my real motivation to do it, to see what happened. If you get a chance, one of our street coordinators was is just fantastic to talk to. And she, she really got into it and was just fantastic at knocking on people's doors and in mm. getting people involved. I find it quite inspiring. Um, she said she'd, we'd hope to try to get her along to talk with us today, but it was a bit late for her. No, not yet. We're still, look, we've, this is one of our debates. Some of us are keen to put it, make it widely available as a, you know, under common li- commons, Co- well, creative. creative commons license. Mm-hmm. Other people are thinking, oh, look, it'd be really good to make it available as like a $5, pe- you know, online book. Um, but our really delay is where, we're happy with for you to share it with, you know, if people are seeing it. If people ask for it, we're happy to share it. But we are doing an, an edit of it to make it more widely about, make it more widely relevant. And then we will certainly be happy to share it as far and widely as we can. We might want to just put a little cost on it. Um, but there's still discussion and debate about that. Mm. <laughs> we we had. We had some difficulty with um, getting all the layout done because, I mean, we couldn't pay anyone to do it, of course. But um, so there's there's real inconsistencies within the chapters uh, and between chapters. Uh, and at the moment, we've got a graphic uh, design artist who's lovely, yeah, who, who's volunteered her skills and time to actually make it consistent for us. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a few tightening up around the edges things we want to do before I, I think and then it will be just be yeah. widely available. And in terms of you were asking before what next, for me one of the really issues is that really all the streets were pretty well educated, um, you know, yeah, probably sort of, middle class yeah, mostly. Yeah. Some were students, but, you know, still fairly middle class students. 
And as you can see, the workbook is pretty full on. So I'm really interested in seeing how can we create other resources which will be more broadly accessible. accessible. I think there's real potential to sell the program as a community building program. And, and selling it as that to various groups and organisations, so like neighbourhood centres might be willing to run it as a community building one, which then gets the word out about sustainability to much broader audiences. And I think, you know, so what I'd love to see is to, you know, do short videos which would address some of the key themes or, or at least collating videos which can be used. Um, and also developing fairly short things which capture some of the key key themes and then training up I, I thought wouldn't it be fantastic if we could get some funds to train up some local people who can rather than expecting everybody to read it they can give a bit of an overview of the key themes of the chapter and host a discussion and if they're people from the local community and particularly if we're going into you know, more marginalised communities, if we could pay somebody from that community to take on that role, you know, that is my vision for it. And I think I think it is fairly... It, it might be possible to get funding to do that through community building funding here mm. because we there are quite a few government funds available through mm. in Australia. Um, and so... You know, we could do it through sustainability things, but I think also we could look at doing it through the community building type thing, particularly if we're taking that sort of approach. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for all your work you do too. It's quite inspiring for us over yes, here. Yes, thank you.